special edition of Daily Delivery. Chris Hine here uh, with me. I'm Michael Rand. Chris, got to admit, I didn't think the next time that we talked for this podcast would be uh, to talk about the firing of Gerson Rosas six days before the opening of training camp. But Chris, here we are. We both know better than to expect anything less, I guess, than chaos from the Timberwolves. Um, let me just start with how, how, how did we get to this point where, you know, like I said, less than a week before their opening camp, a very awkward time to be changing your leadership, they decide to make this move. Right. So from everything that I have heard, um, this has been building for a while. Um, there has been some, some tension, some discord, uh, low morale, kind of whatever, whatever term you want to use between uh, Gerson Roses and the rest of the front office uh, and the rest of the organization. Um, you know, in August, uh, there was a chance for kind of everybody to be in Vegas together. And at that point, I think some of the, some of the discord and dysfunction or whatever, again, whatever you want to call it, um, became clear to um, other parts of the organization. And it culminated with Glenn Taylor making this decision kind of in conjunction with Mark Glory and Alex Rodriguez uh, to make a change here uh, before the, the season starts. Now, you know, we'll see what, what comes to light in, in coming days here. I don't think this story is, is necessarily done. Um, I'm sure we're going to see more details coming out because that's just kind of the nature of these things. Um, but in general, uh, that's kind of the overarching theme here is I think that there was just a lot of tension person, um, you know, and the staff, uh, some of the staff didn't, you know, necessarily, uh, get along great in terms of, you know, maybe how he treated them. Um, and that's kind of where we're, where we're at here. So it's not, it doesn't sound like it was any necessarily any one specific thing. And it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the wild a couple of years back when they let go of Paul Fenton, their general manager, not long before the season started, where it's kind of a cumulative effect. It was relationships and less about his job performance. That said, that did you get the sense that job performance played into that? It played into this decision at all? I don't think it was necessarily job performance and, and on-court performance. I think it was more the culture um, that was being set. And the, you know, the irony is that when Roses was hired, it was all about culture and player-centric culture and family and this and that. And, you know, it, you find out behind the scenes, it, it was the opposite in some ways. So uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, that's, I, I don't think on-the-court performance necessitates a move a month or a week before training camp starts uh, on the court performance would necess- necessitate a move earlier. And I think the, you know, maybe the, the, the timing of summer league and all that, some people might ask like, why, why not just, you know, make the move before free agency starts or the draft starts. And I think, I think the summer league played a, played a part in that in, in just kind of helping the team gather some information on, on this front. So I think, I think the, the inter, you know, a little bit of it is kind of in the interim period between like, um, the time where Lori and Rodriguez officially became aboard uh, in late July to now. It seems like the roster, like you said, is pretty well set. And he's had, Gerson Rosa's had a pretty large hand, obviously, as the direct, as the pre, you know, president of basketball operations. He was in charge of 
assembling this entire team, this direction that they're headed, the Patrick Beverly trade, the Ricky Rubio trade, things like that. Um, so, you know, as, as we think about that, what, what are some of the kind of immediate ramifications here? We see, I mean, the first and foremost thing I think of is, you know, seeing Anthony Towns basically tweet in surprise, essentially, like what's going on here? What, uh, what do you make of, of Towns reaction to this? And how do you think that that will play out in the coming days? Yeah. So obviously I think it took a lot of people by surprise, even if, you know, some people knew, you know, of this, of these kind of this strained relationship. So, um, I, I, you know, going forward, you're going to have Sachin Gupta in charge of the day-to-day operations. Uh, the team is going to have a search, a wider search. That doesn't mean Gupta is not going to be a part of it. He, he very well could be, um, uh, so he was, uh, number two under Gerson Roses brought him in from, uh, from Detroit, uh, by way of Philly and Houston previously, they worked together in Houston. So he's going to be the hand on the day-to-day operations as that relates to a potential pursuit of Ben Simmons, who knows? Um, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think we know that at this point in time, we'll see as the days unfold here. Um, but yeah, this is, this is obviously taking a lot of people by surprise because it was just last week that, that Gerson Roses was there. Um, you know, all smiles at a press conference to introduce uh, some of the guys they traded for this summer, some of the guys they re-signed. Um, and you wouldn't know that, you know, any of this was happening by looking at like the video of that press conference, for instance. So, you know, um, yeah, it's a surprise, but as you, as you get to kind of learn, things that were going on behind the scenes, it, it, it doesn't seem as, as quite a shock. A couple more things, Chris. Um, you mentioned Sachin Gupta. Any, any sense of what we can expect from him, you know, depending on how long he's in charge? But he's going to have decisions to make. Like you said, Ben Simmons is a looming question, and it's, you know, it's a fair question of whether that was a Gerson Rosas pursuit and almost obsession, you know, because he was a big fan of big trades and bold moves. Or you know, how, how might how might Sachin Gupta treat his time in charge? Oh, well, I think, you know, Sachin has a, has a very strong background in analytics. Um, you know, the line on his resume that people like to point out is he was the uh, kind of the developers of the ESPN trade machine uh, back when he used to work there a, a while back. I was just on it today, making one of my maybe Ben Simmons trades. <laughs> exactly. So I think, and he's, and he's done a good job at kind of putting uh, trades together throughout his career, multi-team trades, you know, good use of provisions in the salary cap and things like that. So he is a very analytical, uh, very, uh, he can put together a complicated trade and he's done it before. So, you know, along those lines, if the direction of this team is to potentially trade for Ben Simmons and that's what they want to do, uh, you know, I think, Gupta has the ability to orchestrate uh, a deal, especially a deal like that, which everything I've heard would have to be at least a three-team deal because I don't think there's a good matchup of assets between the Wolves and the 76ers. Um, so you might need a third team in there. And, and you know, he had a big part in the, the four-team trade that happened two years ago that involved Robert Covington going out and Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and a first-round pick coming back. Um, he helped orchestrate that. So, yeah, again, if, if the complicated trade needs to happen, uh, Gupta can be the guy to put it together. 
last thing. I mean, you felt like there was a little bit of momentum last season and, you know, changing a president of basketball operations is different than changing a head coach. It's different than trading away or trading for a star player probably has less immediate on court impact. You know, that said perception wise, what do you think this does to a Timberwolves team that has some, that is entering a pretty significant year and, you know, maybe had a little bit of momentum going, um, you know, last season and looking into this season. You know, it's tough to say it really is. Um, how does this affect the psyche of an organization, of a team? You know, Chris Finch and Gerson Roses go back a long way. Um, you know, Chris Finch is, is still the coach today. Um, I, you know, I haven't heard anything that his job is in any danger or anything like that. So, you know, this team carries forward with Chris Finch as its coach, Sachin Gupta handling the day-to-day operations. Um, and as for the encore performance, Anybody's guess. I, I I really don't know what to expect. You know, this is my fourth. This is my fourth. Uh, this will be my fourth training camp that I'll be covering um, as the Timberwolves beat writer here. And I really didn't think it could get any more chaotic than the first one I covered, which was the the Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler. Yeah. training camp. And here we are. They managed to. They they did it. They they outdid themselves. Timberwolves always have a habit of outdoing themselves. We'll see where this story goes, follow Chris's evolving coverage on startribune.com and in the newspaper. Chris Hine, thanks for taking the time on Daily Delivery. And next time we talk, maybe we can talk about what's happening on the court and not necessarily off the court. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you later. Bonus edition of Daily Delivery, special delivery, we like to call it. Chip Scoggins with me now after talking to Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer. Chip, your reaction to the news that the Timberwolves have essentially fired Gerson Rosas, uh, their president of basketball operations, less than a week before the start of training camp. Only the Timberwolves. Are they ever going to be not dysfunctional, Mike? I mean, this is um, it, it's fitting for them because it's just here, here you have a president of basketball operations that has basically detonated your roster over the last two years, completely overhauled it, fired a coach midseason to bring in his own guy and a week before training camp. And you think that they're building towards something and they're in, engaged in these Ben Simmons trade talks. And all of a sudden you have this abrupt news that you're going a different direction. And I'm leading with this in my column and that it's, it's telling that your franchise player tweets out WTF and that's it. And that, I don't think you can say it any more appropriately than what Carl Anthony Towns put in that uh, acronym. It's, it's, it's shocking. I mean, it's in, and again, you know, Chris Hine and I talked a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff that was maybe going on behind the scenes. So if you're a little bit more plugged in, maybe it's not stunning, but the timing of it, you know, this, this, yeah. this you know, remember two, three years ago, I can't remember if it was two or three years ago when the wild, essentially did this not too long before the start of training camp when they when they when they got rid oh, of when yeah. they got rid of Fenton and they brought in you know eventually brought in Garen. Um, you know, when that happened, it was just like it was more the timing of it than anything. And but I mean you look at Rosas's tenure, there've been some ups, some downs, but you thought he was going to get kind of this swing to see if they could get this going. Do you think performance wise this was a move that was warranted based on what you'd seen from what they've been able to do so far in his tenure? Well no, not if you're just talking about nothing that's happening behind the scenes, but if you're just talking about the basketball and reshaping the roster, 
of course you're going to give a guy more time to uh, see if his plan can work. Now, I thought this was going to be the pivotal year that they needed to make a big leap forward, both for his uh, for his job and also for Carl Anthony Towns. Like, the clock is ticking, and you needed to see big growth last year, I think. You made all these changes to the roster um, with an idea, with a plan that what it's going to be. And and so you have to see that. We saw that at the end of last year. It was like tank, don't tank, tank, don't tank. No, they wanted to see this this group together finally. And you, sh- and you saw some signs of promise right down the stretch, albeit no pressure on the team. But you, finally they were together. And so you're thinking, okay, now let's see what it does this year. And so that's why the timing of this, but this has to be based on what, what Chris Hine has told you and, and just other instances we saw, we've seen with this with Paul Fenton, obviously there was his management style just was abrasive and ownership. Craig Leopold just felt like I'm not going to go any further with this before it inflicts more damage. And, and clearly it had to be something along those lines here because you wouldn't stick through a guy all through off season. If it was just performance. I mean, you would have made that you would have made a, a decision right after the season and moved on. And so, but still, even even that, um, it's, it's just bizarre. I mean, it it must have been so bad behind the scenes that we don't, you know, we weren't privy to or that wasn't public yet. I'm sure it'll come out now, but um, it's here you go, starting over. I mean, what's the plan well, now? What's the philosophy? Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, Rosa's made a lot of off season moves. I mean, I mean, not a ton, but like he made you know he made trades. You still got the aftershock of the D'Angelo Russell trades. They didn't have draft picks this year, but they brought in Patrick Beverly, traded Ricky Rubio, and we've been talking for months about are they going to get Ben Simmons? I don't know. I have no idea where that stands right now, both from a organizational philosophy standpoint in terms of you know who's going to be making that decision right now. Does that pursuit remain as hot? And you know, just this is the roster that he has essentially built. And they will have to carry that roster into the season. So where does that leave them competitively this year and beyond? Especially when Carl Anthony Towns just tweeted, like you said, WTF. And he's going into a pretty pivotal year where he'll be two years out from free agency after this season. That's a time when players ask for trades, Chip. Well, that's the thing. I've said all along that this was going to be a big year for him because no matter what a player tells you about, they love it here, this and that. If they're not winning, he's going to get sick of being here. He's going to say, you know what, all the dysfunction, all the change, all the turmoil that have gone on in my career, I just, I want to be done with it. I want to move away. I want to try something fresh. Um, his tweet tells you he's not far from feeling that way. Now we'll see who they bring in, kind of what they do to smooth that over. And the other thing we don't know, is this a Glenn Taylor move? Is this a Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez move combined? I assume it was a a team decision. I don't think it'd just be one side or the other, but you know, I don't know what kind of relationship Towns had with, with Gerson. They're close, not close, whatever. But clearly he was caught off guard by this um, based on his tweet. And so there's going to be has to be some damage control and, and some cells to him to explain where this is going and what, how they view the future um, to convince him that he needs to be part of it. But, again, it's just like – so you're starting over again? Is is a new guy going to be able to make his? Are you going to have someone who who had the same philosophical view of how the game should be played, how this roster is constructed? Or are you going to give it to someone outside who has another view of how things should be run, and you're going to rip up the roster again? It's just 
I, they're just so dysfunctional, honestly. They're just completely, uh, <laughs> will they ever get it right? I think that's my, uh, my question. Well, they haven't gotten it right for a long time. I mean, it's, you know, when, when, when history repeats itself over and over again, and it was Glenn Taylor's name on the news release, uh, in which Timberwolves was misspelled, by the way. Uh, but, you know, do you, which I point out in my column. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a, a, a minor point, but again, probably something you, you want to get right. Um, but when it has happened over and over again, you do wonder when, when, when are they going to be able to get it right? They've made a lot of just puzzling, moves timing wise even if you think back to you know bringing chris finch in, in the middle of the season yeah. last year which you know is defensible when you consider okay it, it it did get better under him maybe you wanted to give him kind of a running start before you got to this season but just just a lot of things that they've done have been curious from a standpoint maybe curious as a a kind word well, and, and it's just it it does speak to just when it seemed like maybe there was a little bit of momentum from last year You've got this dropping right before training camp. And that's the thing. They, Glenn Taylor, and because he's been the owner throughout, has empowered Gerson Rosas to do a lot. Right. I mean, they, he's, as I said, he's detonated the roster. I mean, think about how, many, how much this roster has turned over in him. Everybody but, Towns the, everybody but Towns and the Kogi. Their entire style of play, analytics, the whole philosophy of what they want to be. He fired a coach who Glenn Taylor loves, and he allowed him to do it in midseason and take all that criticism the way he went about it. And then, and then you fire him, you know, a week before a week training. before the season. It's like okay, I mean, was it you let him do all this? I mean, just really turn the the organization upside down in a way that he felt like was going to build this team into a competent um, franchise. And then before you even get to the point of really knowing what is where it's leading, you fire him. And so that's it must have been so bad behind the scenes um, is all I can say, because to get to the point you, you make this decision this early in, in Gerson's career and this close to a season, you, it had to be a point of no return. Right. Yeah. And it, we should point out, too, this is not the same as firing a head coach. So no, no. When, so when you when you when you get rid of a president, you know, a guy in charge of personnel, when the personnel is largely in place, although the Simmons thing does complicate things if that was looming over them, there is a chance that this doesn't have as much basketball impact, at least immediately, as as we might think. It's not the same as a coach bringing in an entirely new playbook, starting over from that standpoint, but it, it's more of a organizational direction thing that it is yes. a, what are they going to do on the court in four weeks that that might be different well I, and, and even when finch came in here it wasn't like you just install a brand new playbook um this was i mean think about how much change gerson brought in terms of just philosophy shoot to three right and just the way they play and the type of players they're trying to bring in here and how much he uh, shaped the roster because of that. So this is this is a whole thirty thousand foot big picture philosophical change. And who, who's to say that the next guy is going to ha- have the same type view of this roster that he did? And so that's why I, you know you have to wonder where Carl Anthony Towns' head's going to be when he shows up to camp. Is he is he going to say, you know what, I'm I'm tired of this. I'm really tired of this. I, I, I want to go somewhere else. I, I would not would not surprise me because we see it all the time in this league. Um, 
maybe he won't. Maybe he'll buy in and and believe whatever they tell him. But it, it wouldn't be surprising to me. But you know, just based on how much uh, turmoil and just unsettled things he's had to go through in his career here. Well, I was going to ask you that. I mean, well, how do you think this does play out? What's the logical endpoint? Because you know they're projected to be you know the 33, 35 win team this season, and that was before this. And again, don't know how much of an impact that has on basketball right away. If, if, yeah. if the roster is pretty much set, that is what it is. But you know, this is another layer, I suppose, in in the notion that if things don't go that well this year, and they are kind of that 33, 34 win team that the betting markets suggest they would be, and they wouldn't make the play-in tournament with that kind of record. It, do you think Carl Anthony Towns is here this time next season if that happens? Yeah, I don't know. And you're right. The on-court um, changes probably doesn't much, assume, assuming Chris Finch is fine. I, I assume he's going to be the coach because day-to-day and just how they play, um, this shouldn't affect that. Um Chris French has got to be like, what's going on though, too? Well, yeah, for him, it's like, I don't know if, if they approached him or involved him in the discussions too, or if this blindsided him. But yeah, anytime you get a new boss, you're probably like, eh, what does this mean for me? Because we all know GMs or presidents, whatever you want to phrase it, they like to have their guy. And so I don't know if they're going to stay internal, if they're going to promote uh, Gerson's number two, or if they're going to look outside. It's still so early in the process. I don't know where that's going, but, um, but no, big picture, if they don't make the playoffs again, I, I would say nothing would surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, because he, you know, him and Russell are so close that if they couldn't move both of them, you know, maybe he's here. But it, it also wouldn't surprise me if Towns just says, where is this going? And I don't want to spend my whole career surrounded by dysfunction. I want to go somewhere else where there's a fresh start and just try, you know, try something different. So I, I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be honest with you. But he's clearly... Again, based on that tweet, uh, not not happy or caught off guard by it. Yeah, it's just there's going to be a lot to unpack in the coming days. I'm sure we'll have media day on Monday for this team. We'll get to hear from a lot of the players. I'm sure they'll get their messaging in order yeah. at that point, and and you know talk, try to try to keep the focus on the court. But I guess the long story short is a year that I was curious about in a lot of ways. Just it it just throws a whole new layer onto it. And I really do wonder what the long-term impact of this is going to be. I do too. Yeah. I mean, this was, to me, this was a definitely a pivot point year. I thought for the regime and for the, and for the best player, I felt like if you didn't make, or if they didn't show and don't show tangible signs of progress, like, okay, this is, I can see where this is going. You can see the improvement. You can see where they're building towards. If we don't see that, um, I, th- I thought it'd be, you know, I thought Gerson might be in trouble then, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Town said uh, that's enough for me. Um, they've already removed one, and so we'll see what how Towns views it. Good stuff, Chip. We'll do this, uh, catch up with you <laughs> on a less emergency basis down the road, but uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this special edition of Daily Delivery.